0: Well, good morning there. I don't know if you buy into that video or not, but the Apostle James did. He's the brother of Jesus. He lived at a time of great tumult and transition. Uh, Living in Israel in the first century was not an easy time to live. And what made things so rough was the land that is your home was occupied by Roman conquerors. And they were just ruthless and had little regard for a Jewish life if, if you got in their way. In this context, James says... Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. Let me say that again. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and not lacking anything. So, how are you doing? Are you counting this all joy? It's kind of tough. I I get that. The mess of this pandemic, the the fear that, uh, not just that you're gonna catch COVID, but that you might actually catch a cold, right? And have to stay at home or your kid might have to stay at home from school. This is a time where mental health issues uh, are are going up and substance abuse and marital strife and and, and suicide. Uh, This isn't totally confirmed, but there are two friends uh, of Jane and I, uh, our age, who uh, in this last week, two different situations, Uh, both have lost uh, adult children to suicide. And uh, suicide is on the increase. Political divisions here in Canada, even more so in the U.S. and all around the world, they're just getting more intense. And and, and racial tension has reached a new level of anger. And by the way, come the end of November, we're going to talk a bit about the growing racial tension, not just south of the border, not just in uh, in Canada, but also here in Fort McMurray. So I thought I would give you, you know, a good month or so advance notice for that. The world is going a bit crazy right now. But in the middle of all this, the Apostle James would say to us, consider it pure joy because God wants to use this mess to grow you, to transform you into the person that he wants you to be. He, he wants to transform you into a gracious barbarian who loves boldly and serves courageously. Yes, even in the middle of this mess, Right? Maybe especially in the middle of this mess. We're in this series called Gracious Barbarian. To quote Shauna, our children's ministry director, it's a bit of a quirky phrase. Yep, Shauna said that to all of you a couple of services back about a phrase that I created. Quirky. Okay, it is quirky, but it is who we want to become. So what is a gracious barbarian? A gracious barbarian is someone who loves boldly and serves courageously, just like Jesus. That means a gracious barbarian lives and loves like Jesus. You know, um, serves like Jesus. Serves with passion. Rises in the middle of even COVID times to serve. And and tough times, you know. They they can shape us into uh, stronger people if we'll let them tough times are the best times for the Holy Spirit to fill us and to shape us into all that God desires us to be. So let's not waste these tough times. Let's love boldly, serve courageously, even in the middle of COVID. Now, originally, what I was going to do today is talk about the role uh, of rituals in in helping us, uh, you know, develop roots that go deep to strengthen us to be gracious barbarians, what God wants us to be. But Sometimes as I put a message together, it it, it morphs into something else, that the Spirit is leading me to go a slightly different direction. And it's not a huge shift, but I'm going to talk more about spiritual disciplines that will help you in the midst of these pandemic days than maybe uh, ritual itself. Now, uh, disciplines are a bit like rituals, they're just not quite as mysterious. You know, the baptism you saw today is a ritual, um, when we do communion, that's more like a ritual or a rite. Uh, so, uh, but today we want to focus on something, uh, on spiritual disciplines. So let me ask you a question. How many, you don't have to raise your hands on this because we don't need to shame anybody, okay? So just advance. But how many of you bought a membership in a gym, paid big bucks, and then never used it, or hardly ever? Right there, There's got to be more than a few of you. The stats are like 50% of people who buy these memberships try to bail out. So I have a great word for you from the Bible, from the Apostle Paul. He says, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the personal, for the present life, like right now, and the life to come. So the gym is of some value. That's why you paid the big bucks, even though you didn't go. But there's something of even greater value it's how you live and love well in these pandemic days it's it's the state of your soul it's the gift of life that is eternal these things are actually more important than eating right and getting physical exercise i mean don't hear me wrong eating right and and physical exercise are hugely important but the state of your soul The state of your children's soul and how you live and love well and and how you will spend your eternity is just far more important. So eat well, exercise, but don't stop there. But in fact, that's not really where you need to start. You got to start with a few basic spiritual disciplines that will change your life, that will change your kids' lives and, get this, will impact them forever. I mean, no matter how much physical exercise you do, that's not going to get you eternal life, just saying. During these pandemic days, when we live in the middle of so much uncertainty, uh, and that uncertainty then breeds anxiety, and that anxiety is tipping us over the edge when it comes to uh, things like uh, mental health and substance abuse and relational conflict. We need some daily and and we need some weekly spiritual disciplines that will anchor us in in our faith and uh, uh, just kind of give us the strength we need to live well and and flourish through the mess of these days. And and actually to empower us to serve really well as gracious barbarians even in the middle of COVID. These are simple uh, disciplines that can have a huge impact on your well-being and the well-being of your family. I mean they will have a huge impact on you. They will have a huge impact on your kids. I'm gonna keep it simple. I wanna make them doable, simple and doable, okay? Let me tell you a story of a simple discipline and this one might seem a bit like a ritual. It's a bit Catholic. So it might sound a little strange to some of you. As most of you know, I was raised Catholic. I come from generations of Irish and Newfoundland Catholics. When I was in junior high, My my Catholic priest suggested that we start our day and end our day with what's called the sign of the cross. It goes like this, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm sure some of you are familiar with it. Other of you, no. But it's just really simple. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's it. It's just a way of saying that we belong to God that we are children of God. And and my priest told us that if we would just start our day and end our day acknowledging that we are God's children, how powerful that would be. And I was kind of gripped by that ritual or that discipline at the time. I found it to be powerful, helpful. And and maybe if you're from a Catholic or Anglican background and you are comfortable with the idea of signing yourself with the cross, uh, that can anchor you in Jesus during these uncertain days. It's It's a way to start and end your day with Jesus. It's very simple and... If you don't want to cross yourself, that's okay. It might seem just a little weird to some of you. Just start your day and end your day and say, Jesus, I'm yours. You wake up and you say, Jesus, I'm yours. You you go to bed and you say, Jesus, I'm yours. Totally powerful. Okay, something that might even be a step more powerful that I would like to suggest for everyone. Start your day with... Hey, just one verse of the Bible, just one verse, and take that moment to ask God to be with you throughout your day. Start your day with God. Let God speak to you through just one verse, and then commit your day to God, asking him to be with you and to speak to you throughout your day. And the way that I'd like to suggest that you do this is that you download the YouVersion Bible app and just read the verse of the day that's part of that app. The YouVersion Bible app is awesome, awesome, Thank you, Life Church and Craig Groeschel for giving that to us, the YouVersion app. And hey, this is not really time-consuming, but it is incredibly powerful. You, You take a moment to connect with God at the start of your day, or on the bus on the way to work, or, you know, whenever it works, but all it takes is just enough time to read that verse from the YouVersion app, and then you ask God to be a part of your day. That's it. You read this verse. You ask God to be a part of your day. It's powerful. Starting your day acknowledging that you believe in God and and that you need Him for today. It it could be for so many of you life-changing. It will root you in Jesus. And it will give the Holy Spirit permission to just speak to you, make you more aware of His presence throughout the day. A, A scripture that encourages me to do this is from King David who writes, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. A great scripture about starting your day with God. A simple discipline. One verse and one prayer can totally change how your day goes. And who doesn't need that in these uncertain days? I challenge you. One verse, one prayer to kick off your day. Friends, you can do this. A third thought. third discipline. When I was dating Jane, she was reading a book called How Much Prayer Should a Hamburger Get? Doesn't that sound profound? It was a book about prayer. I'm not sure if the book really answered that question, but it got some friends of mine talking about uh, when they would say grace and when they would pray before a meal or not. Now, the husband of Jane's lifelong best friend, his name is Jim, And he used to be an actuary, and and that means he worked with numbers all day, and he calculated risk for insurance companies and other businesses. He set a value as only an actuary can, can. He declared that if the meal was worth over $5, then you need to pray. That was a few years ago, so today that figure might be $10, $15. Personally, I thought the conversation was a bit nuts, but here's what I do want to suggest. Praying and giving thanks before a meal is actually something Jesus did. Take a look at the Last Supper. Here we read, when, when Jesus was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Jesus gave thanks before a meal. The Apostle Paul, he did this, he did this too. I mean, uh, he gave thanks before a meal. And, and we see this one time when Paul had been arrested uh, for his faith and he was being sent to Rome uh, for his trial. But the ship that he was on, uh, suffered shipwreck, uh, landed on this island, chaos erupts, and... They start to run out of food. Paul rises in the middle of this crisis to let everyone know that God will get them through this, uh, even though they're short of food and they need to eat, right? Eat what they've got right now and then let God provide. And before they ate, um, we read that Paul prayed. He, He took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all, and then he broke it and began to eat. I think giving thanks before a meal is a great discipline for you to have. At at the very least, maybe when you're eating together at dinner as a group, as a family, take a moment to give thanks for your food, take a moment to acknowledge God who is our provider and and pray for our health. And you know one of the things that we can be thankful for that I got really aware of uh, when I was doing some work in Papua, Indonesia in the highlands there um, with some of the Aboriginal people there. Um, before we would eat a meal, they would pray and they would give thanks and they would ask God to protect us from the food that we wouldn't die. So that is something you don't really need to pray for in these days, so just be be thankful for that. It was just very disconcerting when we would go listen to these prayers. But anyways, in my Catholic upbringing, they gave us a prayer to memorize uh, for before meals. I still have it memorized. Bless us, O Lord, for these thy gifts which we are about to receive through thy bounty, through Christ our Lord. Amen. If you don't feel comfortable saying a wordy, well, just a spontaneous prayer, you might pick maybe a memorized prayer. And memorized prayers aren't bad if you actually mean them, and they might help some of you in your journey of prayer. And why? What does a spiritual discipline like saying grace before a meal do? Well, let me throw out a few ideas. When you say grace, you and your family are celebrating who God is, that he's a giver. You remember that God, that he's your provider. Hey, God made everything. Anything we have, God gave us. You, you remember that God provides for us. And, and when you say grace, it just redirects your heart back to God. Like when you pray at supper and everyone's had a long day, it's just so powerful to get your hearts redirected to God. Seriously, a, a simple prayer of thanksgiving, a, a simple discipline of praying before your meals, or at least your supper meal, does all that and more. It keeps you, it it, it keeps you and your family connected to the living God. It it helps keep your faith alive. It it impresses your kids that you are a family who follow Jesus. It is simple, it is powerful. Okay, I've got another discipline that I think is very important, and even maybe more so in these pandemic days. and, And this, too, might work best at the supper hour. And this is when you read a Bible verse or a Bible story and you pray together as a family. The supper time is just a great time to build family relationships and to build faith in your family. And right now, while so many of our church family is online and and not yet attending in person, your kids are missing out on the foundational faith-building blocks of Kid City and missing out on Kid City in person is huge. And what we do at Kid City is really important for the spiritual life of your child. I mean, these times are what they are, but our kids need, as Lucas said, they need to be encouraged in their faith as well. So one thing that you can do is take time after supper and, and, and read. If your kids are younger, read a Bible story from a kid's Bible or or maybe do this. Just take that verse of the day from the version app that you read in the morning and, and read it to your family or whoever you live with and, and talk about how this applies to you. I mean, you've had all day to think about it a little bit. You might have a thought by, the, by supper time and... You read a Bible story or you use the U Version verse of the day or whatever and you give thanks to God for your day and pray that He'll be with you tomorrow. Ask your kids what they would like prayer for. Ask your kids to pray as well. I mean, this is not impossible. You can tame your family and all those wild dinner antics and slow down for a moment and focus on God. I mean, heck, you can turn the TV off and uh, just mute all those phones and iPads. I have a recommendation. You should watch the Netflix documentary, uh, Social Dilemma. It will rock your world and might change how much you do what you do with your kids. But anyways, just to throw that out as a caveat. As a parent, it is your responsibility to raise your children to know Jesus personally, to be filled with the Spirit so that you have the power of God in them, helping them to live and love like Jesus. And as a church, we can help you do that. Kids City, in person and online, is a powerful tool for that. But it is your primary God-given responsibility as a parent. And during these pandemic days, it means many of you, you know, what you give your kid is the major spiritual input your kid's going to get. So really, some of you, realizing that, you've got to step up your game on this. And I don't like being, you know, a guilt-inducing preacher, but hear me. Helping your children know and experience Jesus personally is more important than how they'll do in school or sports, as important as all that is. Helping your children know and experience Jesus personally transforms who they will become as they grow up, and it has eternal impact. Let me put it to you this way. The faith that your children develops now means you will get to spend eternity with your kids. I mean, think about that. You could spend eternity with your kids. God's free gift of life, a life that goes on forever, is something God is asking you as a parent to take responsibility for. Listen carefully to these words of Moses that we often read at a child dedication. Um, He's giving these to the Old Testament people of Israel, but they work for us today. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments... Love God. Love others. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Love God. Love others. Come on. You want to help your kids love God with all they got and Uh, Love their uh, neighbors boldly and courageously. Come on, you want to help your kids become gracious barbarians full of the fire of the Holy Spirit? You want to raise kids who are trailblazers for Jesus, helping others experience the love of Jesus for themselves? I mean, if you're a parent, the spiritual development of your children is your primary responsibility in life. All right, one last discipline. And that's the discipline of weekly worship with your church, and you're doing well, in person or online. I mean, really, there is, if you really measure the value of this, there is no activity in your week or in the week of your kids that is more important, more life-transforming than weekly Sunday worship in Kid City, where together we experience the manifest presence of God just working on us, changing us, molding us, right? I mean... I trust as we sang and as we worshiped this morning, you could sense God's presence uh, here. Um, Yeah, it is just a a powerful and and, uh, I'll throw a thought out. Um, Maybe the cohort that might be the most valuable eternally to you is your church family, for you as an adult and for your kids, as we wrestle with all of this stuff. Because there is an experience of God you get no other way than when you're with fellow believers. It builds your faith. It builds your kids' faith. Schools are awesome and needed, and sports are good and awesome. But your church, uh, this is where God works through to change the eternal trajectory of a life and, and shape lives for the better. The stakes I'm talking about are life-changing now, and really, they're eternal. The writer of the letter, biblical letter to the Hebrews expresses it like this, and let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. You know, that's kind of that gracious barbarian we're talking about. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What day? The day when Jesus returns, the day that ushers in eternity. And church does that for us. As we gather together in the presence of God, we spur one another to be life-giving, gracious barbarians, empowered by the Spirit. Worshiping together is such an anchoring experience in these uncertain days. Now, some of you will choose, and some of you have to because of your health situations, but some of you will choose because of the pandemic to avoid in-person worship. And you have to choose what you believe is best for you and your family. But we will try to the best of our ability to serve you and your family online, those of you that stay online. And, And as you heard as well, we are relaunching Kid City in phases starting next week. And I encourage you to pray about getting your family back into Kid City as each part of Kid City reopens. And maybe, maybe you can help make Kid City happen. I mean, really, we can't fully relaunch and do all that we want to do unless we have a few more volunteers, a few more bold, courageous volunteers. And if God is prompting you a little bit, break through the fear and say yes. But for those of you who will remain online, here's what I want to ask of you. Please make watching a, an online service with your family a, just a Sunday discipline for you guys. Add to that what Shauna puts on online for Kids City and uh, Parent Cue app and, and just take responsibility for the nurture of your children spiritually. You know, in these days of such uncertainty as mental health issues spike exponentially, not just in the adults, but in your kids as well, As more and more people become dependent on unhealthy substances to cope with these days, as husbands and wives and partners find their relationships spinning apart, this is not a time to drift away from being anchored in weekly worship uh, or daily times when you and your family connect with God. What I've been talking about today are just basic disciplines that, that really are not all that difficult to maintain. But they do make all the difference for your spiritual health and vitality. And same deal for your kids. And we're not just talking about what God does in our lives today. We're, we're talking about eternity. A few simple disciplines throughout the day and on Sunday, friends, you can do this. And as you do, you will be solidly anchored in our God who will empower you to not only cope but live well in these unsettled days. Let's just pray for that to happen in our lives. Will you join me in prayer? Father God, we we thank you that you are with us in these uncertain days. And help us as your children to do a better job of staying intimately connected with you. Today we commit to uh, some simple disciplines to draw us to you. Meet us powerfully in these disciplines. Meet us in the morning as we start our day with you. Meet us throughout the day as we reconnect and seek your guidance. Meet us at mealtimes and supper time, and meet us with our families. Meet us at the end of our day as we give thanks that you've been with us. And may we know that you have been with us, that you love us, and that you'll get us through all of this and then use us to help others walk through all this. Raise us up to be gracious barbarians who live boldly, who serve courageously even in the midst of this pandemic.